finally here. Friends, listen to me. This is serious business. What the world needs today is Jesus. The Bible says in John 3.16 that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Big Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, and we want to welcome you to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free. As today, we're going to be talking about the promise of the prophetic contrast. So hopefully you can stay tuned to today's program. And those of you that are following us on social media, we'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family so they can follow along with us. And But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, again, we thank you so much for your word. We pray that it will light our paths and illuminate us in understanding who you are, Lord, and uh, we can grow in our relationship with you. We thank you so much for all those people tuned in, and we just pray, Lord, that uh, you will grow in their lives as well, and our relationships uh, as, uh, will also flourish, and uh, the act of sanctification will continue. And we just pray, Lord, open up your word to us today. We thank you, Lord Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned into a truth will set you free. Bible prophecy edition. Big Batista Nathan Jones with the topic, the prophetic contrast. For those of you following us on social media or pray.com, we'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family so they can follow along with us. We want to encourage you, grab your Bibles, a pen and a piece of paper to take notes as we're going to dive in to the book of Ezekiel. But before I continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host of the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, buenas tardes. Oh, guten tag, V Gates. <laughs> Great to have you on. That was Spanish, by the way. I said, Nathan, uh, good afternoon. Oh, I, that was German. I said, good day. How are you? And that's about all the German I remember from high school German. <laughs> well, you got me there, Nathan, because I didn't speak German. I don't speak Spanish, so we got each other. <laughs> oh, boy. That was fantastic. And hopefully we got some of the people tuned in, noticing that we like to have fun here and we also love to share resources with them. Uh, so, Nate, will you be able to share with them what we do and how they can get a hold of some of our resources? Well, absolutely. If, if you just tuned in uh, to this podcast called The Truth Will Set You Free, it's the podcast of Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry. Our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. We do that in a number of different ways. Most people would recognize us from our television program, Christ in Prophecy, that was founded by Dr. David Reagan, and now uh, Tim Moore and myself are the hosts. And uh, we also have our, our great website. We ask you to check it out, ChristinProphecy.org. We've got plenty of articles, magazines, e-newsletters, video teaching, social media, uh, you name it. We want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So what I'd recommend, go to ChristinProphecy.org and sign up to get our bi-monthly e-newsletter. It's free, of course. We'll keep you up to date on prophetic events, and can I give you a free Lamplighter magazine every two months and just help you grow in your relationship with Jesus? So check us out, ChristinProphecy.org. Thank you so much, Nathan. We encourage you, yes, take hold of these wonderful resources to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. Uh, Nathan, and, and individuals these days, they are in need of good resources. There's a lot of resources out there uh, in, in social media and some places, but not all of them are reliable. So that's why we really love what the Lord is doing here at Christ in Prophecy with a lot of reliable materials going back over 40 of plus years, right, Nathan, of content. Yeah, Dr. David Reagan left his, uh, he's a Harvard PhD in political science and 
diplomacy, and he uh, left the academic field to found Lamb and Lion Ministries. Uh, he jokes it was uh, April 1st, 1980, April Fool's Day, but he said he's a fool for Jesus. Uh, since then, he's been proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ, uh, primarily through speaking engagements. But in the 80s, he started a radio program called Christ in Prophecy. It went on for about 20 years, and then it morphed in 2002 into a television program. And now for the last 20 years, uh, just over 20 years, we've been uh, holding Christ in Prophecy. And it's been expanding. It's on uh, Daystar, all, all the major Christian networks, online networks like his channel, and now on Pray.com. Absolutely. Oh, thank you so much, Nathan. Again, what a wonderful legacy and what a great privilege uh, you and I get to do this. We've been doing this for many years ourselves. Uh, and we're still learning, right, Nathan? That's the wonderful thing about God's Word that no one ever arrives. The Holy Spirit is always revealing to us new uh, truths through his word. And as you and I have been making our way through the book of Ezekiel, we've been noticing that that's exactly what's happening. Uh, in the book of Ezekiel, we've covered a number of uh, topics and, and passages, and we are up to uh, chapter 18. And uh, last week, we were talking about the responsibility uh, of the individual soul. We noticed that God was dealing with Israel as a people, as a nation, but there are also uh, individual responsibility in how they will choose to live their lives. And we talked about the righteous versus the wicked last week. And this week, we're going to pick it up in chapter 18. Uh, for those of you that have a Bible, follow along with us in verses 10 through 13. Uh, Nathan, would you be able to read for us those three verses as we move forward there in chapter 18? All right. Pick it up in Ezekiel chapter 18. We're going to read 10 through 13, and it begins... If he begets a son who is a robber or a shedder of blood, who does any of these things and does none of these duties, but has eaten on the mountains or defiled his neighbor's wife, if he has oppressed the poor and needy, robbed by violence, not restored the pledge, lifted his eyes to the idols or committed abominations, if he has exacted usury or taken increase, shall he then live? He shall not live. If he has done any of these abominations, he shall surely die. His blood shall be upon him. Wow, Nathan, and we were looking at this contrast between uh, the righteous uh, and the and the and the and the wicked there. And, and again, it's just pausing a question there. Of, of you know, if someone behaves the, the way that they should, what should be the penalty? And if someone doesn't, uh, what else should be the punishment? And we know that this is relating to uh, what, how God is going to be dealing uh, with the nation of Israel there as they are in exile. And uh, as we continue looking at this, some individuals might be wondering, well, why is God dealing uh, with his people like this? Well, Nathan, and you and, my, and I made it clear that many of them have turned their back on God. And God wanted to get their attention and bring them back to him. So captivity was a way uh, to get their attention. And sometimes God has to set us aside so that he can be able to talk to us and get our attention. Absolutely. Well, God loves us, but he hates sin. And we always look at the God's love part and forget the God hates sin part. And repeatedly throughout history, Israel, which was his chosen people, were an example to the world. They were supposed to choose God, love God. And hate sin because sin divides us from our Heavenly Father and from each other. And so God wants unity. And without, you can't have unity if you have sin. And so he's kind of defining it to the uh, Jew, people of Judah or Jerusalem. Uh, bear in mind that this is about 2,600 years ago. Uh, the Jewish people were going into exile because of their ongoing over hundreds of years sins. The Lord had constantly given them prophets and 
the law again and again and say, hey, don't do evil, do good and and show the world uh, about me. And they failed. So we're just seeing Israel at this time go into exile. Uh, I should say Israel as the northern tribes went to exile in 722 B.C. This is uh, just about 586 B.C., the last time, that the last deportation of Nebuchadnezzar before pretty much, you know, that's it for Jerusalem. And so let's see, he's defining this sins of people here. Well, for one, uh, you can go back to verse six. It's idolatry. You know, the, the first two commandments in the Ten Commandments is, is God first and no idols. And that's what the people were doing. They were worshiping wood and statues and everything, but the true and living God. And and they were committing sexual immorality, adultery here, chasing after their neighbor's wife. And uh, the idea of women during her impurity was a reference to fornication, sex outside of marriage. Uh, what the people weren't paying back their debts and they were robbing people. They were being violent and they were keeping food away from those who were starving and they were enacting usury on loans. And basically they were evil. <laughs> and so God says, you know, this is it. You're going into exile. That's the only way I can think uh, to get you guys to stop committing idolatry. And it worked because you can read later in Haggai, Zechariah, Ezra, Nehemiah, the Jewish people that returned back to the land were no longer idolatrous. Nathan, and I just love also the way that the Bible here contrasts uh, this as a relationship between a father uh, and two sons, the wicked son of the righteous father, as we're noticing uh, there, verses 10 uh, through 13, and then verses uh, 14 through 18, the righteous uh, son uh, of the wicked father. And, and, and again, it's our relationship with our heavenly father. God, like you mentioned, loves his people. He loves Israel. But like a father who loves his kids, he has to correct them. And oftentimes we as children do not like to be corrected, but oftentimes it's the right thing to do. And it's sad, Nathan, when we find in today's society where parents don't properly correct their children for doing wrong. I raised three children and, and we raised them with what, they called, what I call a small rod. And when I will pull out that rod, the kids knew it meant business. I'm not sure if you use the rod too, Nathan, but we discipline our kids. <laughs> yeah. And your kids all grew up to be strong Christian leaders, so praise the Lord for that. That old axiom from the Bible, spare the rod and spoil the child. You know, we live in a generation, especially, with, you know, you and I are Gen Xers, but we have Gen Zers now, our children, and, and even millennials. And we've our generation, I think, really dropped the ball in parenting because we didn't, we didn't use the rod. We spoiled the child. And now we've got this whole generation that's pretty much defined as spoiled, rotten brats. I mean, they, you know, no offense if you're a millennial or a Gen Z listening, I'm not trying to say that you are, but we as a society, and I'm saying society-wise, have taught our children that they're the center of the universe and they deserve everything and, and they should never have to have struggles and they should get awards for everything they do no matter what. And everybody's a winner and, and all these things aren't teaching people to work hard and to uh, accept meritocracy, to, to be advanced based on their skills and abilities and their hard work. We've taught people that they're owed everything, and so they expect the government to give them everything. And that's a tremendously bad society. When you have an austere society that has too much time on your hands, you're going to end up getting an evil society because with all that time and all that money and all that self-focus, they will then end up devoting their time to evil. And that's what we're seeing in it with Israel here in Ezekiel chapter 18. 
Excellent point. Again, for those of you that just tuned in, you're tuned into the Truth Will Say Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're looking at Ezekiel chapter 18, talking about the prophetic contrast. And Nathan, as we look there at verses, uh, chapter 18, verses 14 through 18, we see another contrast of the righteous son of the wicked father. And there, beginning in verse 14, it says, If, however, he begat a son who sees all sins which his father has done and considered but does not do likewise, who has not eaten on the mountains, nor lifted his eyes to the idols of the house of Israel, nor defiled his neighbor's wife, has not oppressed anyone, nor withheld a pledge, nor robbed by violence, but has given his bread to the hungry and covered his naked with clothing, who has withdrawn his hands from the poor and not received usury or increase, but has executed my judgments and walked in my statutes. He shall not die for the iniquity of his father. He shall surely live as for his father, because he cruelly oppressed, robbed his brother by violence, and did what is not good amongst his people. Behold, he shall die for his iniquity. Nathan, and as we read this passage, it sort of makes sense, right? We do what we're supposed to do and we follow God's rules. Well, he's going to bless us for that. But if someone turns in contrast to that, there's a discipline that takes place and a judgment that comes on that individual. Well, you just have to read the book of uh, uh, Micah. Many people don't read the Minor Prophet book, but I love the Minor Prophets. I even wrote a book, 12 Faith Journeys of the Minor Prophets, about Micah and the other prophets. And uh, Micah lived in a time period where the government had gotten tremendously evil. It was so corrupt. And there was an evil king named Ahaz. I mean, the guy was the worst. He was stealing people's property and, and desecrating the temple and stealing the money out of the temple. And and he was sacrificing his children to Molech, but he had one son, Hezekiah, who survived all that, and Hezekiah became a good king. He rejected Ahaz's evil and then turned to the Lord and lived a life of good, and that's what we're seeing here uh, in this story here. Is that there is evil people, but they can have good children because the Lord says that, that everybody out there who is a sheep are the ones who turn to him. Uh, I don't want to get into election or anything like that, but Basically, those hearts who turn to Jesus Christ are his sheep. They're the elect. They're, they, they're saved. And so there are people born of very evil people, and uh, they turn to Jesus Christ, and they're saved. And there's other people who, and tragically, you could be a good parent, love the Lord, but your child uh, roams away or, or leaves and becomes apostate altogether. Brother, you and I have been in ministry for many years, and we know long enough that we've had many people write in and just— you know, at their wits end because they've tried to raise their child up in the ways of the Lord, but they reject them. And they often, you hear especially people saying that, well, they've picked up an alternative lifestyle. I mean, it's gotten that bad. So uh, I, my heart goes out to all of us. We try as parents to do what is right, but in the end, it's as the Lord says, the souls are his. Uh, if we go back up to uh, verse four, where he says, behold, all souls are mine and the soul of the father's well, the soul of the son is mine. The soul who sins shall die. So, you know, uh, in the end, the Lord is judge, and we just got to pray for our lost children that they come back to him. But uh, that's a tough subject, brother, very tough subject. Absolutely. And Nathan, uh, and a good point here is that, you know, as adults, we're responsible for our, 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 our decisions. You and I, we raised our children. We taught them the word of God. But the reality is one day, once they get to that age of accountability, it's a little different for all. But once they know what they're doing and they start to make their own choices, 
Well, we really cannot control that. Uh, and that's what we notice here. Sometimes someone will say like father, like son. Well, that depends. Not always. I was not raised in a Christian home. But then as an adult, I began to make my own decision. I decided to follow uh, the Lord, although my parents or my dad did not. So that's the thing, too. It's good that the, that's the, the God. This relationship we have with God is, is one of choice. And and it's up to us when we make the right choices. We'll be blessed when we make the wrong choices. There's a discipline for that. But the reality is if people don't eventually turn to God, like you were saying, the soul, the sins will die. And it's a promise. We see so many people dying today from drug use and alcohol, uh, uh, different things because they're making the wrong choices. But if you give your life to Jesus and you allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you, God can turn that around. Uh, uh, again, God, God is a wonderful God. He loves you. Uh, but God is also a gentleman. He will not push his way into your life. He will allow you to make your own decisions and sometimes good or bad. But Nathan, that's what I love here, that even if our parents did not follow the Lord, we can make that choice to do so. And we cannot just always blame everything on our parents. And that's the example here that we notice in Ezekiel chapter 18, verses 14 uh, through 18. Is that example of the righteous son and the wicked father. And, and again, as we notice here, it's a wonderful, wonderful contrast. And as we notice verses, uh, uh, the following two verses, Nathan, actually point to what you just mentioned uh, as a reference to the earlier verses, chapters, chapter 18, verses 18 and 19. Uh, for those of you that have a Bible, we'd encourage you to follow uh, along with us. And uh, as we look at these two verses, it says, yet you say, why should the son not bear the guilt of the father because the son has done what is lawful and right and has kept all my statutes and observed them. He shall surely die. The soul who sins shall die. Thus, the son shall not bear the guilt of the father, nor the father bear the guilt of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself and the wicked of the wicked shall be upon himself. So we notice, right, Nathan, it's a responsibility here, a personal responsibility for our actions. Absolutely. And and that should provide some comfort for parents of wayward children, because it means that if you've done what is right in raising your child up in the Lord and that child, uh, once an adult goes astray, you know, that's out of your hands now. That's in the Lord's hands. And it's hard as a parent to not have control over the spiritual aspect of their lives. But this is where I think, again, our generation has dropped the ball in parenting because we have assumed that we can have the faith for our children to be saved. And that's why you read books like Ken Ham's and others about children going to college and leaving the faith in mass, or now even earlier, like in high school, is because they're living their faith through their parents. It's not their own. Brother, I, when my son, my oldest son, I guess he was probably about 12 or 13, he had some real questions about his faith. And I was actually happy about that because it meant that he was really thinking about it. And one day, uh, around then, after he'd worked it out and struggled with the Lord and got into his Bible, told me, you know what, Dad, you don't have to worry. Uh, my faith is my own. I don't need your faith to have my faith. And I was like, that was like the best thing he's ever told me his entire life. Because I knew then that I had done my job. And and, and so I, I would give this advice to parents. And this is the advice I give to those who write in the ministry saying, oh, my child is, is gone wayward, is that at some point in the raising up of your children, you have to teach them the foundations, you know, teach them what we call apologetics so they can defend their faith 
so that the faith that they have in Christ is not your faith, but their own faith. And from then, the Lord will build upon that, and they won't leave the church. But you hear many times people leave the faith. Why? Because it, you know, it really wasn't their faith to begin with. It was their parents' faith. So, uh, and that's why it's great here. It's amazing to think that there would be people out there saying, "Well, the son has to bear the the guilt for the father and and make recompense." Well, you know, that's an ancient Middle Eastern tradition, but it's not a biblical tradition. Nathan, again, what an excellent point. And maybe you tune into this program right now and you find yourself in that situation as well. Well, know that there is hope for you uh, and uh, also for you as a parent and you as a child as well. And I just love it, Nathan, when young people decide to own their own faith, like my children, where you know that they're walking out their faith, not, not, not because we told them to do or forced them to do, but because they made that choice. Someone once said that God doesn't have any grandchildren. In other words, they all, every all, every one of us has to come personally to Jesus. We have to invite him to come in and then we become one of his children. But Nathan, I also run into so many people like that, that they say, well, they say, I'm a Christian. And when you ask them, well, why are you a Christian? Well, because my parents were Christian. Uh, I grew up in a Christian home. And you, yeah, but what about you? Is that your choice or it's just uh, what your parents practice. And I do think, Nathan, it's, it's wonderful when that faith translates to each individual and it's their own individual walk. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's some people who go around saying that they're Christian because of their background or their family connections. And you're like, please stop telling people you're a Christian. You're giving us a bad name. You know, you're not. Uh, but that's what the blessing is when you pick up verse 21. But if a wicked man turns from his sins, which he has committed and keeps all my statutes and does what is lawful and right, he shall surely live. He shall not die. And none of the transgressions which he has committed shall be remembered against him because of the righteousness which done he shall live. And do I have any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, says the Lord God, and not that he should turn from his ways and live? In other words, the Lord takes pleasure when sinners repent and turn to him. He doesn't take pleasure in throwing people into hell, which, uh, you know, that's the ultimate punishment for a rebellion against God. Uh, no, he, he does these things. He put the Jewish people in exile so at least a remnant would be saved and turn to him. And he's doing that today. Right, brother? Nathan, that is such a good point you're making. And, and we find that there's just room there. The door is open for all who wish to turn, because sometimes people think that God somehow is just waiting to club somebody over the head when they do wrong and and, and throw them into hell. And yet, Nathan, you just read here, that is the opposite. God loves people. His arms are open. He takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. I mean, Nathan, Romans chapter 5, verses 8 through 9, I love that passage because it actually shows how much God loves us. Would you be able to read that passage, Nathan, for someone in case they don't have a Bible there? Romans chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, just to encourage Maybe someone listening right now, the things that God is just against them and that God hates him and that God can't wait for them to fail. Not oh, absolutely. So. Yeah, let's read it. But uh, first, if someone doesn't have a Bible, which is hard to believe in this day and age, I recommend going to the, and downloading our Lamb Lion app. We have a ESV Bible and it's got a, a reading plan and a devotions built into it. It's a free app on all the major platforms. Just look up Lamb Lion app. Uh, but uh, for those who don't have their Bibles with them at the moment, uh, Romans 5, 8 through 9 says, But God demonstrates his own love towards us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Nathan, isn't that a beautiful verse? I, that was one of the greatest verses that the Lord uh, gave me when I became a Christian. You know, while we were, while we had our backs turned on God, while we were in rebellion, while we were running away from God, when, when we were bankrupt, we had nothing in our spiritual bank account. The Bible says, that's when God said, I have a plan for him. I have a plan for her. Watch what I'm going to do. And Nathan, maybe there's countless people out there right now feeling that way, that they blew it, they messed up. Uh, their bank account is withdrawn spiritually, that maybe God doesn't care about him. Yet what you read to us is quite the opposite. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's hard to love people when they're at their worst. But this is exactly what Romans is saying here. God loved us at our worst, steeped in sin and evil. We just read some of the sins that uh, we can commit and how horrible they are. And so God loved us in our dirtiest, messiest, uh, darkest part of our lives. This idea that some people have that they have to get their act straight and fix their lives up before God will accept them, impossible. As long as you have the slightest bit of sin in your life, uh, you're standing before a perfect, holy God who can't continence sin. So there, there's no way you can fix up your life. The only thing you could do is surrender your life. And that's what the Bible is calling us to do, to surrender our lives to Jesus Christ, to reach out to him in faith and repent of your sins and ask him to be to your savior. And he will then save you of your sins and he will make you righteousness. That's where we get righteousness from. It's from the Lord Jesus. And he even puts his Holy Spirit in us to keep us on the right path, to counsel us and do what is right. He, the Holy Spirit adds to our conscience so we know the difference between right and wrong. And he's given us a Bible, which defines exactly what right and wrong is. So the Lord's going to take good care of us. And eventually when we're uh, taken up to heaven, either through death or the rapture, we get our new glorified bodies. That old sin nature will die with our old bodies. And we never have to worry about sinning again. Brother, I look forward to that. Um, Nathan, I love that. I know that right now you have just encouraged someone out there because, again, we're not supposed to try to do it on our own. We're not called to clean ourselves up. But the Bible talks about repentance, confession in First John chapter 1, that if we confess our sins, he's righteous to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we call that verse there the Christian bar of soap, right, Nathan? <laughs> God wants to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. <laughs> I've never heard that one, but that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you made a good point, Nathan. That is repentance. That is turning. And we just have, like you said, recognize, hey, I messed up. I'm not a perfect person. I blew it. Um, I'm living contrary to what God says in his word. And, and whoever you are, you make that recognition. God looks at your heart, not at the outer appearance. God sends his Holy Spirit, the hounds of heaven after you, and, and, and he'll change you. He'll transform you. But you do have to throw your hands up and be willing to say, Lord, here I am. Forgive me. And Nathan, that's why every week you and I give an opportunity for people to come to Christ, to surrender, to invite him to come in. And would you be able, Nathan, to share with that person right now maybe how they can even do that right now and turn to God? Right. Uh, just to reiterate what Vic and I have been saying to you, it's a matter of surrendering your life to, to the Lord. You you can't make your life good enough. You can't participate in religion, which is man's search for God. We need to turn to Jesus, God's search for man. Uh, he wants you to be saved. He wants to rescue you from your sins. He doesn't want you to pay the penalty of, of, of your sins, which is death forever in hell. Uh, and he provided that by 
dying on the cross. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, and Jesus beat death by resurrecting from the dead. And so when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, our sins can be forgiven, the wrath will be taken away, and we will inherit eternal life. And you do that by making a conscious decision. Okay, Lord, I, I, I know I'm a sinner. And so approach the Lord in faith and repentance and say, Lord Jesus, I, I know I'm a sinner. I have sinned against you. I have rebelled against you. Please forgive me of my sins. Lord, I know you're the Son of God. I want you to be the Savior of my life. And Jesus will do just that. Your sins will be forgiven. The guilt will be washed away and you'll inherit eternal life with him. And once you've done that, then go seek a Bible-believing church, a good Christian friends for accountability. Start reading that Bible. If you don't have one, again, pick up that Land Lion app. We've got a Bible in there, and we've got all sorts of teaching materials in it to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and help you get excited about the Lord's soon return. Hallelujah, Nathan. Thank you so much for sharing that. And if you trusted in Christ, hey, reach out to us. Let us know. We would love to rejoice with you if you're watching, if you're if you're catching this program on apray.com or social media, uh, whatever platform, reach out to us, 305-992-9537, text or call. We would love to just rejoice with you and celebrate because we know there's a celebration in heaven for every sinner that turns to Christ. Nathan, thank you for sharing that wonderful invitation for those uh, that are part of our program today. Right. And Vic, it's amazing. We can read something as obscure as Ezekiel 18 and you still get the gospel message out of it, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> well, Nathan, and you and I know that the gospel is throughout the Bible. That's why we encourage people to read the whole Bible, not just parts of it and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to them. So thank you so much, Nathan, for opening up the scripture for us and joining me on this segment of the program. Amen. God bless you all. Awesome. And well, we ran out of time for this segment of the program. Big Batista Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry, thanking you for being part of the program. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. You guys have a great week.